Hello. Hello, everybody in the room. Hello online. I don't know where you are online. I think you're somewhere over there. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Becky. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, I live in Fairvale, which is over the other side of Sheffield, uh, towards IKEA, Meadowhall, Northern General Hospital, if you know that bit of Sheffield. I've been there for about 10 years as part of our church Eden team, which has been a lot of fun. And for the last couple of years, I've been leading that team, um, which has been even more fun. And there's quite a lot of stuff happening at Fairvale at the moment, so it's an exciting time to be there. Today, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 6, and then 16 to 18. Uh, so I think it's on the screen, or I can see it on my screen. Maybe it'll come up there at some point. Or you might want to get it open in your Bibles. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, 1 to 6, and then 16 to 18. Uh, which means we've left a gap. What are we missing out? There's a big gap of something we've left out. Is it a controversial bit of Bible that we're trying to avoid? No, it's just the Lord's Prayer. It's okay. We know about the Lord's Prayer. It's not dangerous verses. So, um, we're gonna, the bit we're going to look at is Matthew 6, and that's part of the Sermon on the Mount. So, a big chunk of Jesus' Jesus's teaching all put together. So, it's really packed full of stuff. And the bit that we're going to read tonight um, is about a little bit about giving, a little bit about praying, and a little bit about fasting. But he's essentially, Jesus is going to make the same points over and over again in each bit. And so before we read it through together, that is not the bit. That's Mark. Do we have Matthew? <laughs> Anybody have Matthew? If not, this might be a great time to open your Bibles. We are not talking about whatever that was. Uh, so Matthew <laughs> chapter 6, 1 to 6, and then 16 to 18. Maybe that will appear. Who knows? We'll see. Um, so, yeah, while you're finding that, um, I was going to anyway give you some spoilers as to the points that Jesus is going to make uh, three times in this passage. Um, so here they are, so we can look out for them as we read it. So first, he says, uh, don't be like hypocrites or like actors, so people that are putting on a performance. Whether you're fasting, giving, or praying, don't put on a show for everybody. Actors or hypocrites, uh, their motivation is to be seen by others and honoured by them. And actors or hypocrites, they've received their reward in full. But then Jesus says, you guys, don't do that, do it in secret. And then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So don't be like hypocrites or actors. Don't do good things to be seen by others. They will receive their reward in full. But you guys do it differently. Do it in secret. And then your father, who sees what you do in secret, will reward you. So I'm going to read that out. I don't think we've got it, but maybe you've got it in your Bibles. If not... I'm going to read it to you anyway. So, Matthew chapter 6, 1 to 6, and 16 to 18. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. 
and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is, what is done in secret will reward you. And finally, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So here is a confession about me. I can be a bit of a people pleaser in some situations or with certain people. What other people think about me matters too much to me, more than I would like. And that can even affect what I do and what I say more than I would like. Maybe there are some fellow people pleasers in the room. I think we're quite common. I think there's quite a few of us. So when I read this passage, I sometimes feel like I'm getting a bit of a telling off from Jesus. And I read it something like this that I hear Jesus saying, "Um, okay, Becky, you don't seem to value what God thinks about what you do all that much. You seem to prefer the approval of others more than you you value the opinion of your Father in heaven. Otherwise, why wouldn't you just do these things in secret? Why would you feel the need for other people's approval? Think you need to sort out your priorities. That's what I hear some of the time. But... One of those things that Jesus repeated three times in that passage is this line. So, truly I tell you, he says, they have received their reward in full. And the they who's received their reward, that's, that's these hypocrites, these actors, who are giving and fasting and praying, completely motivated by their desire to be seen by others and liked by them or admired or approved. And apparently they get a reward for that, which I think is a bit of a surprise. I feel like they shouldn't get a reward. I feel like I shouldn't get a reward when I do things for the approval of others. But Jesus seems to be saying that approval-seeking can work quite well. <laughs> so uh, if, if me or you or any of us want the approval of others, if that's our end goal in life, if that's our heart's desire, then with a bit of stage management of our lives, we can get that if we're, you know... Some of us are better at it than others, but it is achievable. We can get other people to like us, to affirm us, to respect us. And actually, some of the guys in this passage might even be able to give us some tips. So um, I think I'm a people pleaser. These guys are pros. So we've got the guy who gives to charity, but as he's coming up to give his gift, he blows a trumpet. (laughs) He's got a trumpet and he does a solo to be like, I'm giving to charity now. Ta-da! I've never done that. I don't know whether you have. I might try it. I'll let you know how it goes. If it goes well, we can all do it. Um, When I see... So that's the middle bit of each section that Jesus says, we can have approval of others if we want it. We can have our award in full. But I know that each section carries on. And I know that Jesus is going to offer me another option. So even now, I'm thinking... Is this approval all it's cracked up to be? How valuable is it? 
So, looking at each of these people in a bit more detail, look at this guy who's blowing a trumpet before he gives to charity, gives money. If he receives his reward in full, like Jesus says he does, then he's getting affirmed, he's getting some approval, which means some people are being conned by his act, they're falling for it. So they see him giving his money, and they're like, wow, what a generous guy, I like him. Generosity is a beautiful thing, this guy's just done a good thing. He's getting some approval. Um, This guy, fasting guy, guy who doesn't shower when he's fasting, some people are conned by that. So it says that he doesn't, he doesn't wash his face, doesn't wash his face when he's fasting, so that people can see that that's what he's doing. And some people see that and think, wow, <laughs> uh, this guy is dedicated to holiness. Look, he's not washed his face, he's not showered. That is dedication to holiness. He's not dedicated to holiness, he's dedicated to his own, own reputation. He's dedicated to looking holy. He's really dedicated to that. And that's not holiness. If only we could achieve holiness through poor personal hygiene. That would be an easy ride through life. (laughs) It might not be very pleasant, but it would be easy. So these guys, they're getting approval. How valuable is that approval? If it's based on some facade that they're putting out there, uh, some imaginary them, how valuable is it? Because... Even the guys that are conned by them, and even the guys that go, wow, what a generous guy, what a dedicated guy, you know, they're seeing generosity and dedication, but that's not even the truth. That's not who this person is. The real them is still somewhere inside, not, hasn't been seen, hasn't had an out in that day. No one's approving the real them. They're approving this performance that they're putting out there. Maybe a little bit more relatable is praying in public. I think probably most of us um, have been at Cluster or Cell and praying in a group situation and um, it's our turn to pray. And imagine you are praying a great prayer at Cell. So it is deep, it flows well, uh, you've got some buzzwords in there, some scripture, you've managed to get in the line, let's seek the peace and prosperity of the city, you are on trends. And the problem is, the only problem with this um, prayer is that in this situation, your heart isn't actually turned to the Father at all. Where your heart is, is imaginary going around the room and hoping that the others in the room are going to sense your spiritual depth and how close you are to the Father and your faith, your trust in him. And it's going around really well. So several of the group are going, mm, mm, and you get a yes, Lord. There's a yes, Lord. <laughs> And um, your cell leader says, amen, amen. He says it twice. That's how affirmed you are. That's how great your prayer is. And Jesus says, truly I tell you, you have received your reward in full. You are affirmed. But are you known? Has anyone actually seen you that evening? Has anyone seen the real you? Or have they just seen your performance? And if they haven't seen the real you, how valuable is their approval? Is it going to build you up? Is it going to help your self-esteem? Or whatever it is that you're trying to build up in this this need that, that we all have, I think, on some level, to get other people's approval. And this is where Jesus comes in with a novel idea that I would not have come up with. He says, 
When you pray, you guys, my followers, not my followers, Jesus followers, um, when you pray, when you give, when you fast, you guys do it in secret. Don't tell anybody. And I'm thinking, this is not a great way to get more approval. But then Jesus says, your father, if you do it in secret, your father who sees in secret will reward you. And I'm like, okay, I can see how that would work because I give up the approval of others, but I get the approval of the father because I'm doing it in secret like a great Christian. And if I do that, then I get the father's approval, which is this good compared to the approval of others, which is this good. So I can see how that might be a good trade. Jesus is offering me something better. The problem is that Jesus says, the father who sees in secret. And that means the father who knows all the secrets. So he sees everything. He sees the actual me. Which means he doesn't just see that I'm trying to fast like a good Christian. But he also sees that I am incredibly grumpy about that. And a little bit resentful that it's in the Bible. He sees that I'm trying to give, but he also sees that I don't really trust him enough to be as generous as I could be. And he sees that I am trying to pray in secret, doing in secret, tick, but he sees that my heart isn't really in it and I give up after a couple of minutes. He sees the real us. And I guess the question is, is that something that we actually want? Because when the, when the audience of people around us, when that disappears and it's just us and God and no one else to approve us, things get very real very quickly. And we see ourselves as we really are and we realize that God sees us as we really are. Is that something that you want? So some people are like, yes, please. Vulnerability, that sounds great. Uh, we are securing God's love for us. Bring it on. Let's let God see us. But for other, others of us, we are thinking, that does not sound safe. Let's not do that. It doesn't sound like a great way to get approval because if God is going to see the real me, I know what he's going to see. He's going to see that and that. And not sure if I'm ready for that. Some of us feel like we are hanging on to God's love by our finger ends, and the last thing we would want is to show him what we're really like. Bishop Pete came to our church a few times, and one time he said this, it is the real you on whom God pours his spirit. And I liked that, so I remembered it. Uh, it's the real you on whom God pours his spirit. And to expand on that a little bit, if you're allowed to expand on things bishops say. Um, it is also the real you on whom God pours his love. And it is also the real you whom Jesus died for. While we were sinners, the Bible says, Jesus died for us. And that is the safety net that I was looking for. <laughs> Thank the Lord for that. that um, something that I need to remember regularly is that God, our Father, knew who we were way before he sent Jesus and way before he promised to pour out his spirit on us. He didn't accidentally get himself trapped in a contract with me because he forgot to read the small print, which would have said, not a reliable investment, like not, not, not a great place to put all your energy. He knew that he saw me as I was when he saved me. He saw me as I was on the day I got baptized. 
And he saw me as I was going to be 10 years later, 20 years later, when I still hadn't sorted it. And he still went ahead. And he did the same for you. So, Christ died for us while we were still sinners. And that means that although it is still not okay to sin, that hasn't changed. Sin is still a problem. We still don't do it. But although it's not okay to sin, it is completely safe to let God see our sin. And actually, that's the only possible sensible thing to do with it. Just like you would take embarrassing or scary medical symptoms to your GP, eventually. <laughs> and, and you would have that, that awkward conversation that nobody enjoys. You would get them out there because that is the only way to get reassurance that everything is okay or to find out that everything is not okay, but maybe there's something we can do about it. And with God, thankfully, more reliable than medical science, we know that there's a solution. Jesus has a solution for our sin. And we get both a promise that it can be fixed, and we get reassurance that in the meantime, everything is okay. In The Secret, we see our sin for what it is. And we realize that God sees it too. And if we are brave enough to stay there, we will find that even when we are completely honest with him, we're not rejected as we might think we should be. But actually, we are more loved than we could possibly imagine. And I think if Jesus says that our Father is going to reward us for doing things in secret, I think that's our first reward the relief of being able to be honest with God and being able to stop pretending. We can be ourselves with him. It is safe. And that leads on maybe to closeness with God. Because if you want anyone to love you, you have to let them see you. And although God can see right through any facade that we might put out into the world, he doesn't barge in. And so if we are not trusting him, with ourselves, and we only let him see in our own heads, see our performance and our facade, the costume that we're wearing, then we're not letting him in, and we can't really have a relationship until we let, we let him see us, and then our real relationship with God can start. And then there is the reward of the possibility of actual genuine holiness, because Jesus has been caricaturing humans a little bit, I think. He's, he's drawing these pictures of this guy who's blowing a trumpet to give to charity, who's making himself up to look haggard when he's fasting, and who's the other guy? Oh, yeah, guy who prays on street corners. And he's making, making out that they are completely driven by this motivation of needing to be seen by others and to impress them. But most of us are probably somewhere on a spectrum. We have some mixed motives. We would love people to think we're generous. But also, we would really love to be actually generous. We would love to be truly generous on the inside. And we would love, although we, we want to come across peaceful and sorted, but we'd also love to have some genuine, actual peace. And we hunger and we thirst for righteousness. As Jesus said in chapter 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And he says that we'll be filled with righteousness. We can have that. But that real righteousness starts with getting rid of all the rubbish 
the rubbish righteousness, the fake righteousness of putting on an act so that people think we're righteous. And it starts with coming to God and saying, this is what I've got. Can you work with this? And he says, yes, yes, we can. Yes, we can work with this. You're going to have to get rid of this and this. That's not doing you any good. But yes, we can work with this. So crunch time, are you putting on a show for others? Are you putting on a show for God? Or are there certain people that you feel the need to impress? And how are you going to stop? Because that is harder than it sounds. Jesus' remedy is to start with God, a safe place to be yourself, in the secret place. And he offers us these three things that just, as the more I think about it, the more I feel like what a genius idea this is from Jesus, that we can practice We've got this praying, giving, and fasting. These are all things that we can do in secret, which means that we've taken out of the equation this confusing motivation of what will other people think? Can I impress them (laughs) with my prayers and my giving and my fasting or with the good things that I do? Because you can't do everything in secret. I could preach in secret, but that would be weird. You know, not many people lead, try and lead a church of worship in secret you know, hide out the back. Um, You can't even listen to someone's problems in secret. You can't welcome them into your house in secret. At least one other person needs to know, which means that the temptation comes in again to impress, to look more kind and more generous than you really are. But everyone can pray in secret, fast in secret, and give in secret. They're all possibilities for us to practice doing good for God alone. It means we can check our own hearts see what's going on and maybe if we practice in secret that will overflow into our public life and the public good things that we do so um as the band come up band come up okay uh let's think about these things what do you want the most do you want others to see your performance and admire it Or do you want the Father to see you in secret and love you completely? If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, for the real stuff, do you need Jesus' solution for mixed motives? Do you need to practice doing good in secret? And where would you start? Praying, giving, or fasting? And let's pray this for ourselves, that the Father who sees what is done in secret will reward us. Reward us with the relief of not having to pretend with him. The reward of being closer to him. And with the possibility of genuine holiness.